I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another Q&A episode. Real quick, as a reminder, if you have questions, you can text or call them in to 828-338-9127. We're just going to put that there at the top for you. If you are looking for like relationship pairing questions, I'm going to do every single relationship pairing coming soon. So that's exciting. But if you have any other questions, definitely send those in. Now, I just need to make a note here. I am freezing cold. We turned our heat on last night not really for the first time like I've been kind of sneakily turning it on for a couple of nights but this is like our first full day of having the heat on and I am very cold I am not happy about this (laughs) like in the least I really miss having our windows open in our house and in our town it's always been the case like I grew up here I'm like it has always been the case that it gets cold on Halloween night after Halloween, that is when it gets cold, but no, it's here, it's happening. I'm unwell, <laughs> not okay. I am someone who like just started liking fall. I like this, like in the last several years, because all that I could think about when fall came was that wet winter was coming soon. And I'm just like a spring summer girl. Like I want to feel warm. And this is really harsh on my vibe, if I'm honest, but. That's okay. We survive and we get to answer our question today. And the question is really exciting. I think it's a fun one. I had fun reading it and answering it. So let's, let's get into it. So today's question was texted in and I'm going to read it to you now. Hi, Sarah Jane. Thanks for your podcast. Thank you. I have an Enneagram question for you. I've been studying the Enneagram for several years now, and I am still not sure if I'm a four or a one. I feel sure I'm a self-pressed subtype, but even that isn't helping me tease out my number. I spent my teen years and most of my 20s mired unhappily in a private emotional hell of fourness, while I think I acted more like a one or even as a three. The description of a self-pres one as someone who seems extremely cheerful and friendly but inwardly struggles with extreme irritation at other people's imperfections is spot on for me now as a middle-aged woman. And it makes sense that I would be a one, but I went to four in the stress of my unhappy adolescence. Whereas now when I am most my most secure, content self, I feel able to really spread some seven-like wings. People who don't know me very well even wondered if I am a seven. And yet, my core desire is not to know that I am good. It's to feel special, and I harbor this deep feeling like something is wrong with me, and that I can't want and be happy with the normal things other people want and feel content with. I have this drive to be extraordinary, and a desire for other people to recognize that I am extraordinary, so maybe I'm a four. But on the other hand, I am always feeling like everyone could be doing more and being better, and then the world would be better, and that would be so much better, and I'm frustrated that we aren't better. I am ashamed of my own imperfections, so I'm back to being a one. But on the other hand, maybe I'm a four, because when I'm stressed out now, I act like a codependent two, but when I'm really firing on all cylinders, I can access a real one energy of efficiency and accomplishment and organizing and managing everything for myself and others, doing more and more and more. Do you see my dilemma? Help. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. I do see your dilemma, although I will say that to me, it kind of feels clear and maybe it did for you as well. Like once you got to the end of your question, 
I'm curious about that. Like as you were talking it out, did you hear what I heard? But let's break this down step by step. So you mentioned knowing that you were a self-pres subtype and you discussed how the self-pres of one really resonates. But let's take a little look at the self-pres four, which can often be described as the sunshiny four. So as you may know, each Enneagram four has a relationship to suffering. Social subtypes find comfort in suffering. Sexual subtypes go, I've suffered, so you should suffer too, or you've made someone suffer, so therefore you should suffer. Our self-pres fours are long-suffering. They want to prove how much they can suffer without complaint, can lean even toward masochism, like kind of putting themselves into painful situations to show that they can survive it without complaining. The other thing to keep in mind here is that the self-pres for is the counter type. And oftentimes when I see people who have this hard of a time typing, I'm pretty quick to guess that they're a counter type. What that means is that your subtype is the type within the three of your type. So let me do a little brief, like if you're new here and you're like, what, okay, subtype, social, self-pres, what are you talking about? Every single Enneagram type has three subtypes, sexual self-preservation and one, sexual self-preservation and social. And these are really how we survive. We all have all three of those subtypes in us, right? We all need to procreate. We all need to have their place in the social order and we all need to take care of ourselves, our physical safety and our, our well-being. But typically we have one that is dominant, one that we prioritize, one that is secondary, and then one that is repressed. And there's so much cool stuff we can do with subtypes, but for this conversation, we wanna look at countertypes. So when you are a countertype, that means that your type looks different in behavior than they do in motivation. And typically, I think of it as like a push-pull dynamic where you kind of reject the part of yourself that is driven by your type's motivations and fears and act in opposition to it. So for self-preservation four, they reject the envy of four. All fours experience envy, this desire to have what other people have or to experience what other people have experienced. I think a better way to phrase this is even that you see other people doing things and you think, oh, if I had that, then I would blank. Oh, if I had a college degree, then I would also be, you know, buying a house right now. Oh, if I had parents who would support me, then I'd have this thing that I want. If I looked this way, then I'd have the thing I want. If I get this outfit that I saw this person wearing, then I'll feel the way that I want to feel, right? So that sense of envy, grass is greener on the other side, that kind of everything's better everywhere else can make it really hard to appreciate where you are. That being said, the self-preservation for rejects that in themselves. They kind of, instead of kind of wallowing in that feeling of envy, they jump into action and try to achieve to accomplish the things that they see other people doing that they feel like they want to do. Or maybe they set themselves apart by saying, I don't want the things that other people want. I want other special un named things that I want and I'm going to work really hard to try to get them. So that being said, when you're a counter type, your behavior doesn't look like a traditional 
four, right? You look different. Now I'm, <laughs> I'll keep going. All right. So the next thing here is that you mentioned your core desire is to not know that I am good. It's to feel special. So that's something else to note, right? Like I, when it comes down to typing, I'm always going back to you. What's your core desire? What's your motivation? What's your basic fear? Because again, like with counter types, your, your behavior may not always look like a traditional four, the most obvious. Next, um, you talked about, let me, I'm going to read from what you said. I'm always feeling like everyone could be doing more and being better and then the world would be better and that would be so much better and I'm frustrated that we aren't better. So one other element of the self-press for is that they can be pretty idealistic in terms of social order, like doing good for the world. The other thing here is that type fours are in the idealist triad. So type fours, ones, and sevens are all idealistic types, meaning there's some sense of how things should be. There's a right way. There's a better way. There's a utopia available to us. And the, the core feeling related to that is frustration. Uh, it's frustrating to be an idealist because life never lives up to your ideals. Jobs never are good enough. Partners are never good enough. You know, life isn't good enough for an idealist if you don't keep that in check because it could always be better. It could always be improved. And so a lot of the work of the idealist is to recognize reality, to appreciate flaw, to allow imperfection in the people around them. And that's not just to ones, that's to all three, one, four, and seven. And one of my favorite teachers, Peter O'Hanrahan, is married to a lovely type four who I adore. And he says, one thing to know about being in relationship to a four is that you are going to disappoint them. And I think that's really true. Like, Fours get disappointed in average behavior when people show up in mediocre ways or people don't honor the true emotions in a room or try to stuff emotions down or pretend like they don't exist. It can be really disappointing uh, for a four. But again, you're adding the idealism to it where it's like, well, what if we could do better? What if this could be better? But all of that to say, you know, maybe you're self-pressed for <laughs> I don't know if I've been clear enough here. I think I mean, I've been a little subtle, but I think it's worth exploring the self-press forward. So let's read a portion. This isn't the whole description from Beatrice Chestnut, but I'm just going to read a portion of what Beatrice Chestnut has written for the self-press four. This four tends to be a humanitarian with an empathetic and nurturing disposition, someone who protests for the sake of others and is sensitive to the needy, the dispossessed, and victims of injustice. This is their way of projecting their pain outward, addressing it through others' suffering instead of talking about their own. They try to take care of others' pain or work to ease the suffering of the world so they don't have to fully deal with their own suffering. Now, this four subtype resembles a one or a three. Self-preservation, I said that really aggressively. <laughs> Sorry. Self-preservation fours focus on autonomy, self-sufficiency, and working hard which can make them look like a one. However, this four feels like wider range of emotions, more ups and downs than ones, even if they don't always express their feelings. Self-preservation fours can also look like threes, especially self-preservation threes, and that they work hard to achieve a sense of security and may be anxious. However, in contrast to threes, these fours will often work at cross purposes, unintentionally thwarting their own efforts, whereas threes tend to achieve what they are working toward. 
fours also feel their emotions more than threes do. Interestingly, this subtype can also look like a type seven, which in some ways is the opposite of type four because some self-preservation fours express a need to be light. With all the enduring and efforting these fours do, they may at times display the high energy characteristics of sevens, and they may also have a need for fun and playfulness as an escape from having to tough things out all the time. This may account for the fact that there are some fours who do not seem as melancholy as others, fours that appear more sunny and lighthearted. However, these fours can be distinguished from sevens in their greater access to their emotions. Now, I can 100% see your dilemma because the types that you are between are so connected in many ways, right? They're both idealists. They both are concerned with being good in different ways, right? Type ones, their main fear is like, I don't want to be evil or corrupt. I, I want to be good. Type fours, they carry the shame of, am I bad? Is there something innately wrong with me? Is everybody else okay and whole and I am somehow broken? Then they have a line drawn between them, right? Fours move to one when they feel rested, they feel safe, they feel secure. Ones move to four when they feel stressed and overwhelmed. And then finally, your subtype can look like it. Here's the thing, if you are a self-pressed four, it makes a lot of sense to me because you're saying you look like a one, sometimes you've looked like a three, and you've looked like a seven, but you feel the main core motivator of a four. And to me, that, that sings of self-preservation four. Now, I just wanna be really clear here and let you know that I cannot type you through a podcast, right? But I am pretty confident <laughs> in saying that self-preservation four is a solid point to explore in your growth journey right now. So I would encourage you to go check it out, read more about it. I've talked about this before, but I love Beatrice Chestnut's book on the subtypes, The Complete Enneagram, I think it's a great resource. It's how I really finally settled into my type and understanding it. So I highly recommend it. And I hope this was supportive. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.